sit back and relax, educate and inform, cozy conversations, dropping knowledge that's for real, Indigo Studio, always in the know, with Hermine Hartman you'll be enlightened, Go Studio. I'm Hermine Hartman, and today we're going to talk about filmmaking in Chicago. Chicago's carving out a niche as a city grooming filmmakers. Black Harvest Film Festival celebrates its 28th year this year, featuring stories of black filmmakers and telling the story of those who maybe didn't get a chance to tell their stories in the movie theater. The festival this year is dedicated to Sergio Mims. He created the festival. He was the critic for movies for Indigo, and we are just so proud to have you all here. He passed recently, and we're going to talk about how Black Harvest started, and it celebrates its anniversary every November. Our guest, Jean D. St. Alban. She's the executive director of the School of the Art Institute's Gene Siskel's Film Center and the director of the Black Harvest Film Festival. Margaret Cable celebrates 50 years. She is the executive director of the Community Film Workshop. Her career started as a social worker, but along with her husband, Jim Taylor, she started the Community Film Festival, and over 100 fellows have completed documentary films and short documentaries. Mr. Armir George is an award-winning filmmaker and was recently named the artistic director of Carr Timgren Films. He's an innovator and an illuminating work with like hoop dreams, and he tells his story with passion and creativity and has a film in this year's Black Harvest Film Festival, Silence of Clarity. Cozy conversations, drop the knowledge that's for real. Jean, let me start with you. Let's talk about the start of uh, Black Harvest Film Festival with Sergio. Talk about how it started. Sure. There, um, years ago, more than 28 years ago, there was a, another film festival in Chicago called Blacklight. And uh, it was kind of run by one person, and he, he was moving on, didn't really want to do it anymore, and Sergio came to our uh, director of programming at the time, Barbara Chares, and said, Chicago has to have a black film festival. And Barbara said, let's do it. And so her and Sergio and then a small group of people met and talked about what it would look like, what they would call it. And uh, they called it Black Harvest because of the bounty of films, because they, they felt it was a, a range of films and a bounty of films. And, and then it was it was born. Do you know Do you know how many films were shown in the first one? I actually do because it started out. It was only eleven days, and it was twenty films. And today, where are we? Over fifty films and a full month. A full thirty days. Yeah. In November. Pretty much. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So, how do you go about selecting the films to be included? There's a, a call for entries. So. Filmmakers submit their films, and then, and this festival, even though Sergio passed, he pretty much curated this this festival. Um, so people start submitting films in the spring. They're reviewed all summer, and in September, the filmmakers get the call if, if they were accepted or not. Whether they made it or not. Right. Huh? And so, Margaret, you celebrate 
50 years, 50 years with the Community Film Workshop. Tell us how it started. Well, it started, uh, was founded by the Community Film Workshop Council of New York uh, with the American Film Institute and with the uh, money from the Ford Foundation. And it was money also from the government. But, uh, and so they established seven workshops around the country. The Community Film Workshop of Chicago was the last uh, workshop that they founded in 1971. And a year later, we were um, defunded by President Reagan. <laughs> However, <laughs> He that, defunded a lot of things, yes, didn't he? Yes, he did. Oh, Lord. <laughs> but anyway, the thing is that Jim had already set up a nonprofit and decided to stay, so we received funding from the um, uh, Illinois Arts Council and the National Endowment for the Arts and the MacArthur Foundation, which really got us started. And But it was really founded to help people of color get into the film industry. Uh, and we were able to, we taught 16 millimeter film, and we were able to get people onto uh, feature films mm -hmm. uh, into television stations and other markets around the country because at that time they were still shooting news on 16 millimeter film. And now we see a Facebook entry on TV. It, it, it kills me every time because I, I worked in television. Mm -hmm. I was like, I would have been fired for even submitting that. I know. You know? So you want to teach people documentary style. Well, basically, uh, we most of the people are doing documentaries simply because they have stories to tell about their family and their community. So one of the things is that we do stress storytelling because you can have a very pretty picture, but if you don't have a story, you've got to have a story to grasp people's hearts. Mm -hmm. And one of the important things is uh, with our program, um, the uh, Production Institute at the Logan uh, Center at the University of Chicago. It's basically stories about Chicago stories. It has to be Chicago stories. And all of the filmmakers are from the south side of Chicago. Now, I work also with Carl Timquin Films in the Diverse Voices and Docs. And these are filmmakers of color from the Midwest, and we've had over 100 uh, filmmakers, and they've won all kinds of awards and told such extraordinary stories. So we're very pleased with So where programs. are the documentaries seen? Where's, uh, the, where's the showcase for them? Most of the showcases are in festivals, on television, um, uh, PBS, and uh, film centers all over the country mm -hmm. and internationally. Mm -hmm. We're not just talking about uh, local film festivals, we're talking about national and international screenings of the project. So the Chicago stories get worldwide attention. Yes. That's great. And so, Amir, what is it that you want to do? What's your What's your new direction for uh, Clark Timquin? Uh, well, uh, it's a very new role for me. Uh, at, at this at this time, I'm I'm thinking about ways to uh, pretty much like expand like in the community. I think our Tim Quinn uh, like has built like a reputation of, of like making like quality documentary films. So I want to like keep that going and also like like help new storytellers also like tell that story as well. What's the difference between the storytelling that you all do and what journalism quote what they do? What's the difference, or is there a difference? A documentary is very much like the news. It's just delving into one subject for a lot longer, mm -hmm. you know, and in, in much more depth than, okay. than a 30-second, you know, great. news it's story. Depth. What happens with our storytelling is it's from the filmmaker's perspective. 
That's good. That he's from that community, mm -hmm. that she's from that community, and they bring, they're telling their own story. Mm -hmm. It's not someone else telling your story, and that's what we focus on, mm -hmm. on people of color telling their own stories. Mm -hmm. And that's important. Yes, it's very so important. So important. I'll also add, I like creative ways in like telling their stories as well, is what the filmmaker is also, uh, also instrumental in. Is. So you use a term the language is creative nonfiction. What is creative nonfiction? Creative nonfiction is just another term, uh, ultimately for documentary filmmaking. Um, I think uh, like documentary like filmmaking styles uh, have evolved over time to include like verite and also just the typical, you know, um, on the camera interview, um, but more like, like in a creative way. Um, so I think uh, like creative nonfiction pretty much more like uh, pushes uh, those boundaries a little bit more. Okay, okay. Jacqueline Stewart is the president and director of the Academy Museum of Motion Pictures in Los Angeles. And she joins us now to give us perspective of Chicago film and also her friend, Sergio Mims. I founded the Southside Home Movie Project back in 2005. And uh, I remember having some conversation with you about it. The, Purpose of the project is to recover all of this footage that so many families shot uh, on those old cameras. I'm talking about 35 millimeter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the tiny eight millimeter, super eight millimeter, sometimes 16 millimeter. And as you know, these are the films that people shot to show off all the things they were proud of, their kids growing up and birthday parties and graduations and Christmas mornings, opening presents. And what we found is that very oftentimes this footage also captured community moments. Mm -hmm. um, this is footage from an era that reflects um, a lot of change that has happened on the South side. Mm -hmm. So buildings that no longer exist. Uh, we have footage of old Bud Billiken parades. It has mm -hmm. tremendous historical value as well as um, emotional value. Mm -hmm. And in addition to collecting the films, we digitize them so that even when people have these movies, they don't typically still have projectors or would even know how to show them. So <laughs> we digitize the films and that's a way for the families to be able to watch and to share them. We have a beautiful website and you can search just about any topic. You can look up Lake Michigan, you can look up uh, downtown. You know, We wanted to figure out ways that would allow people to find different aspects of Chicago history in the footage. And uh, we do oral histories with the family so that we can really capture what the significance is. So I would really encourage people to check out the Southside Home Movie Project website. And we are actively accepting collections and we have a lot of events around the Southside to screen the films and uh, to show people that the stereotypes about what life is like on the Southside simply are not true. And that's what this footage reflects. What is, what is your relationship uh, to the Black Harvest Film Festival? Ah, you know, I um, I have been a presenter at the Black Harvest Film Festival. Uh, and I, I, you know, it's always been something that I've attended every year, especially the opening night, because mm -hmm. there's always a celebration of short films and you see a lot of work by emerging Black filmmakers. Uh, and whenever I could offer any advice or encouragement to the organizers of Black Harvest, I have always been there. Conversations, drop the knowledge that's for real. Indigo Studio. How dependable is your power? 
as dependable as 2 a.m. wake-up calls, grandpa showing up an hour early, and perfect timing. Because you can count on ComEd to keep the lights on and keep you informed. So your electric service is as dependable as sleepless nights. In all of Chicago, there's no place like Wicked. So if you care to find me, look to the western sky. Don't miss your chance to defy gravity at the Needlelander Theater from September 28th through December 4th. NBC Nightly News calls it the most successful Broadway show ever. Visit broadwayinchicago.com to get Wicked. The sun has risen, the pride has returned, and the time has come to join the circle of life at The Lion King. Now playing at the Cadillac Palace Theater through January 14th. Get tickets at broadwayinchicago.com. Our goal is to see you become effective leaders. To support your passions. And help your community. So whether you're pursuing an undergraduate degree or transferring from another school, our goal. Our goal. Our goal. Is to see you accomplish yours. Don't miss your chance to see The Lion King, one of the most awe-inspiring productions ever brought to life on stage. Now playing at the Cadillac Palace Theater through January 14th. Get tickets at broadwayinchicago.com. Cozy conversations, dropping knowledge that's for real. So we have a, um, in the last, what, maybe five years, we've got something new uh, called streaming services. Netflix, Hulu, Apple, uh, and God only knows by the time this shows, it might be 10,000 more. But do the streaming services allow greater outlets for the kind of films and documentaries and so forth that you do. Is the, does, has that become a real outlet for you? Uh, I think the streaming service, the, the, the streaming like services uh, offer more like accessibility to audiences mm -hmm. that haven't like been exposed to like certain films before. So are we, but are we still trying to take the films to um, network television or to PBS or do the streaming services really satisfy another outlet? I don't see network television accepting uh, a lot of our work. Uh, most of it is on public television. Mm -hmm. However, uh, I see uh, uh, filmmakers are now using their own platforms. Mm -hmm. They're going on social media themselves. Mm -hmm. They're developing their own festivals and production companies. And they're just finding creative ways of doing this. So that's the difference now. So if let's say someone is, is watching this program now. And I would like to tell the story of my family, or I would like to tell the story of my neighborhood and how this or that happened. What's the steps? You have to learn storytelling. Everybody thinks that they can write a story or they can shoot a story because now the uh, equipment is so accessible with this uh, a phone with the uh, smartphone and with the smaller uh, video equipment, digital video equipment. However, there's more, it's an art form. Mm -hmm. It's an art form. 
And so you need to learn the skills of the trade. How do you tell a story? How do you engage an audience? And I would say you need to contact me at the Community Film Workshop so that you can take a class and learn and then become part of a community. Film is a collaborative uh, a project, so you can't, it's not a one-person band. You have to have people to support you to do sound and lighting and sound checks and have more than one camera operating. So you need a crew. So that's how you develop a community and you work on each other's projects mm -hmm. so that you develop your expertise. So you need a program. Joining us now is director Carl Seaton from LA. He's going to share his experience with Black Harvest Festival and tell us about his experience with Sergio, who crafted his career. The first film wasn't in Black Harvest. We have to go back literally six years before that for my oh. first experience at Black Harvest. Okay. I was a senior in uh, Columbia College, and I attended a uh, Black Harvest panel discussion with a bunch of different directors on the panel. Uh, I remember it to this day, Sergio was moderating it, Barbara Allen was on the panel and some other directors, and it just fueled me and inspired me and motivated me to just keep, get on my grind, study my craft, and, and hearing Sergio, not just interview everybody, but ask the right questions and and showcases profound knowledge of writing and story and movies. I said, I gotta meet this brother. So after the panel discussion, I went over to introduce myself to Sergio and I started a lifelong relationship where he started to mentor me and give me insight about writing because I was still a writer as well because I knew as a filmmaker coming out of film school, no one's gonna hire me to direct myself. So I gotta have to hire myself. Mm -hmm. And to hire yourself, you have to create jobs and writing creates jobs and opportunities for yourself. So I started learning the craft of writing. And Sergio was very instrumental in that. And he would talk, you can call him, he talked forever about when any, at any time. And he was always accessible, so much so that when I did my first film one week, I said, this, I said, Sergio, you gotta make a cameo in the movie. You gotta be in the movie, dude. Ah. We got a scene for you. It's, a, it's a, a bachelor party. You gotta show up. And he showed up. And you see the film, you see his face. He comes peeking around the corner looking in, there's Sergio. And, and my buddy Kenny and I, when we co-wrote the film, and produced the film and Kenny starred in it, we knew that we had to get Sergio in there because the, the <laughs> type of love he showed us was like, Sergio, you gotta be a part of this dude. Cause, and and he's, he's been literally uh, a soldier for us as independent filmmakers and has fueled our careers from day one. And this is me going, I'm, I'm 51 now. I met Sergio, I was 22. So what's the significance of Black Harvest? I mean, that, that's a beautiful story. Uh, as you may remember, Black Key uh, Sergio wrote for Indigo. He was our mm -hmm. film. He was our film critic. And when he started Black Harvest, he came to me and he says, "Hey, I got a project for us to do." And us to do was Black Harvest. But what has Black Harvest meant? Uh, so for me personally, it, it goes back to like I said before to you. I'm from the South Side of Chicago, West Pullman, and growing up in Chicago movies and tv shows are thousands of miles away that dream is so far away mm -hmm. black harvest bringing filmmakers in who are telling stories showcasing shorts and feature films uh, about us our stories with people that look like us from our vantage point it basically put a battery in my back like oh this is doable not only is it doable mm -hmm. i'm seeing people around that are doing it mm -hmm. and it and it and it, they're being ruled by their passion they're being ruled by the craftsmanship. So Black Harvest was like a, a magnet 
that brought filmmakers from all around. How dependable is your power? As dependable as 2 a.m. wake-up calls, grandpa showing up an hour early, and perfect timing. Because you can count on ComEd to keep the lights on and keep you informed. So your electric service is as dependable as sleepless nights. In all of Chicago, there's no place like Wicked. So if you care to find me, look to the western sky. Don't miss your chance to defy gravity at the Needlelander Theater from September 28th through December 4th. NBC Nightly News calls it the most successful Broadway show ever. Visit broadwayinchicago.com to get Wicked. The sun has risen, the pride has returned, and the time has come to join the circle of life at The Lion King. Now playing at the Cadillac Palace Theater through January 14th. Get tickets at broadwayinchicago.com. Our goal is to see you become effective leaders. To support your passions. And help your community. So whether you're pursuing an undergraduate degree or transferring from another school, our goal. Our goal. Our goal. Is to see you accomplish yours. Don't miss your chance to see The Lion King, one of the most awe-inspiring productions ever brought to life on stage. Now playing at the Cadillac Palace Theater through January 14th. Get tickets at broadwayinchicago.com. Cozy conversations, drop the knowledge that's for real. So Chicago, I mean, you, you're in the forefront, and you've been in the forefront. But we have center space now. Uh, we've got some uh, things going up on the south side of Chicago. Uh, from center space, um, uh, Alex uh, PZO started a program where the kids go straight to Hollywood. They don't even stop in Chicago. They just go straight to Hollywood. Is Chicago becoming a film center? Uh, I would say that we're improving. <laughs> we're improving? Yeah, we're improving. Are we and, and you know, I'm really glad that all of the, because you know, in 1971, we were it. We were it for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I, it's, it's, I'm very proud of all of the organizations that are now working with uh, underserved uh, communities and underserved populations. Mm -hmm. And so that to me is a real plus. The other thing is that um, if you're taking the um, talent out of Chicago, it's not building the, 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 uh, the uh, market here. And uh, if the film companies are bringing in their crews, then they're not employing filmmakers here. Mm -hmm. So we have to develop uh, an industry that's going to support uh, uh, local filmmakers and uh, local crew so that they can have a job <laughs> and so that they can create. So what, what, what can we see and what, what are we looking for in 2022 for Black Harvest Film Festival? What are we, what are we looking at? The festival itself has 
to be in the festival, they're almost all premieres, so people haven't seen them before, so that's exciting. But then we also love to do legacy screenings, so we're closing with Boomerang. We're uh, Cooley High, Sergio loved Cooley High, so we're showing Cooley High, and then they just restored um, Buck and the Preacher, which was Sidney Poitier's first directorial film. And so it's been restored, and it's a beautiful 4K print, so we're screening that. So there's, oh, and we're also doing Malcolm X. So there's, with, Den X with Denzel. With Denzel Washington. With Denzel, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's really, you could just come any night and watch whatever and But you can also great. stream. There's a, a selection of the films. Not all of the films will be available, but there'll be a selection of the films, and all the shorts will be available to stream. So, Margaret, what's your favorite film? of all time. What's, What's your, your story? The uh, 50 year journey of the community film workshop. <laughs> Simply because, and Amir asked me, could he see what he wants to see it again? Because we have so much archival footage uh, of the program and uh, of JT with the students and what our whole purpose for has JT, been. JT, Jim Taylor, your husband. My late all husband, right, yes. who started all of this. Yes, he did. Okay. So, uh, and then we bring it up to date through our programs with the Production Institute, our Youth in Motion, Diverse Voices, Real Black Filmmakers. So, uh, and people get to really see what the organization is. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, it's just, it's, 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 it's just a phenomenal feat for a black organization to last for 50 years. That's right. That's right. But all costs, bravo. Yes. 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 But what film has made that made a difference? You know, I'm going to say um, um, I liked Color Purple. Mm -hmm. And um, my nephew came and visited me one summer. He went through the program. And he watched it over and over again. And I said, why are you watch it? But it was a coming of age. Yes. You know, and there was, uh, uh, and it really told a story, an uplifting story with all of that tragedy. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Cecily Tyson uh, and, um, oh, goodness gracious, Sounder. Sounder was good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sounder was good. made a great impact. Armia, what, 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 what film has really maybe just punched you in the gut? I would say uh, The Spook Who Sat By The Door by mm. Ivan Dixon, written by Sam Greenlee. Mm -hmm. It's important that we tell our stories. Yeah. And it's important that these films, you know, have breath and, 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 and life and get exposed. I'm excited by streaming mm -hmm. because you see such a qualitative difference yes. between network television and streaming services. Mm -hmm. And I'm a streaming person. I haven't, I, the last, uh, I went to see Watt Stacks at, mm -hmm. um, at Gene Siskel about a month ago. But there are certain films that have just, um, they revolutionize. Yes, they I do. I mean, and, and they, they hit you, they hit you in the gut. And these stories are so important. You all do a fine, fine work. Don't stop. Keep doing this. Mm -hmm. And I want you all to look at these streaming services because it's a real outlet. It's a new outlet. Mm -hmm. And it's, a, uh, it's such a great outlet for, for, these, for the productions that you do, yes. the quality yes. that you do. Thank you so much for being us. Thank, Thank you for Thank you. dedicating <laughs> uh, Black Harvest to Sergio 
and uh, God knows we will oh, remember him. Thank you. We remember Jim. Thank he you. was such a wonderful guy. Yes, and he was. Uh, he was so determined to share his yeah. knowledge. And congratulations to you. Thank you. You got a lot of work to do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for being with us. This is Hermine Hartman with Indigo Studio. See you next time. Sit back and relax. Educate and inform. Cozy conversations, dropping knowledge that's for real. Indigo Studio, always in the know. With Hermine Hartman, you'll be enlightened. Up and up.